Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the pastoral epistles with this message entitled, Character and Work of a Pastor, preached November the 30th, 2014. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Titus chapter 1, verse 5. This church, glory in the gospel. The word of God alone is truth. It tells us what to believe, doctrine, and how to live, behavior. We preach expository preaching. That means we preach through the Bible. So we are preaching through the pastoral epistles. And Titus is a pastoral epistle written to a pastor. Titus 1, 5 through 9 speaks about qualification and work of pastors. And you are saying, well, it's for the pastor, so I don't worry about it. What is good for the goose is good for the gander. If it is good for pastors, it is good for all people, especially the people of God. So I don't want you to think that it is irrelevant for you. It's very relevant for you. So you remember Apostle Paul, together with Titus, evangelized all the cities of the island of Crete. Then Paul had to leave to preach the gospel in other places leaving Titus to complete certain tasks which were not finished especially in regard to organization and order of these churches friends under God a family is under the leadership of the husband and parents there is order in a family and church is under the leadership of pastors there is order in the church everything in the church must be done decently and in order you will hear if you watch British Parliament The speaker crying out, order, order. And there is, in due time, a quietness. It is true. In the state, in the family, and in the church, order, sir. So Titus is left in Crete to straighten out things that left Undone, especially in terms of appointing elders in churches in every town. Friends, God always finishes what he starts. And you read in Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Or Colossians 4.17, tell our keepers, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. How about you? You started a lot of things. Did you finish it? What are the qualifications of an elder, a bishop, or a pastor? God requires very high qualifications for this holy, high, and heavenly calling. There is no job in this world that is higher than the job of a pastor, a bishop, an elder. Qualifications higher than what is required to be the president of these United States or to be the president of the largest corporation in the whole world. First of all, the pastor must be called off 
God. You cannot call yourself, nor a church can make you a minister. So you can read Luke chapter 9, 57 through 59. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. You want to follow me to make money, dirty money. A lot of pastors are in this business to make dirty money. He said to another man, follow me. He calls, not you enlist. Moses was called by God. So was Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the apostles. Jeremiah 1, we read, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am only a child. You must go to everyone I sent you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. The truth is, most pastors are not called by God those called by God are born of God they are full of the Holy Spirit full of wisdom full of grace full of faith and full of power to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ the savior of the whole world remember Paul left Timothy likewise in Ephesus to stop the false teachers from spreading their false doctrines. First Timothy 1.3 As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines. Pastors do not beg. They command. Through them God himself commands. God commands all people everywhere to repent and to believe. Christ is the head of the church. Every true church of Jesus Christ is ruled by him. In the church, everything is done decently and in order and reverence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling Paul himself ordered Titus to ordain elders in every church the basis of his work was the apostolic authority he ordered Timothy to ordain elders apostolic authority is the authority of Jesus Christ He was to appoint elders in every church. Every church must have more than one elder. Appoint elders in every church. Presbyteros. One pastor doing all the work in a church, therefore, is not scriptural. So Philippians 1 verse 1 says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers, that is bishops, overseers, plural, and deacons. Or Acts 14 verse 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church. Elders, bishops, and pastors are synonymous terms. Elder speaks about qualification. He's not a novice. He's an older person, pious and learned, experienced, knowing things. 
And pastors and bishops speak of his responsibility, his functions. So you can understand this. These are synonymous terms. Look at verse 5. Speaks about elders. Verse 7. Speak about bishop. And First Peter 5. 1 through 4. Speaks about elders. Bishops. And pastors. You go home and read. First Timothy 3. 1 and 2. Speaks about bishops. But First Timothy 5.17 speaks about elders. Acts 20 verse 17 speaks about elders. Acts 20 verse 28 speaks about bishops and pastors. Elder, bishop, that is overseer and pastor are synonymous terms. So I want to speak to you three things. First, Family values. If you want to be a pastor, you must have a certain family values. If it is good for the pastor, it's good for you. An elder overseer pastor must be blameless, must be above reproach, irreproachable. That's a general qualification. And he will tell us specific qualifications later on. He must be unimpeachable in character. He must have good reputation. Within the church and without the church. Among unbelievers. He is God's man and therefore must be godly. People must look up to him and be like him. As Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. Like a father, he must be an example to the flock. Blameless is repeated in verse 7. Blamelessness is general qualification. Specifics will follow. And now, two family values husband of one wife Paul speaks in terms of normal situation normally people are married and have children so pastors normally as older men are married with children and you go home and read Leviticus 21 13 through 15, there is qualification for a high priest whom he should marry. The same idea here. If it is good for the pastor, it's good for you. A high priest should not marry used women. They must marry virgin from Israel, etc., etc., he cannot marry a divorced woman. He cannot marry a widow, etc. He cannot marry a prostitute. You read that. This means imposing celibacy upon ministers of the church is contrary to Christ's order. And it is a teaching of demons. And you read that in First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. A pastor should be enrolled in a seminary. I said he must be enrolled in a seminary which is his family life. He must have family values in accordance with Ephesians 5, 18 through 6, verse 4. Husband of but one wife, not two or seven hundred, as was true of the stupid King Solomon, who introduced pluralism into Israel. He cannot be, in other words, 
polygamous. This qualification prohibits all forms of sexual deviancy and immorality. He is to be faithful to his one wife. Number two, he must have believing children. Children who are believers in Jesus Christ. Not prodigals. Living in dissipation. And insubordination. Inability to evangelize, train and govern children means... Being not able to train and govern the church. Pastors' family should be a small church where there is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, where there is rule of the kingdom of God. In a pastor's family, there cannot be disorder and division. What the father says goes. The children under his roof should be under his rule, which is the rule of God. His family life qualifies or disqualifies him to govern the household of God, the church. As we read in 1 Timothy 3.15, the church is God's household. So look at these examples. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, they were drunkards. They were ministers, but drunkards, and God killed them. Eli's sons were wicked. Hophni and Phinehas, God killed them and killed Eli. Samuel's children were accused of corruption. So friends, your children are to obey you. Especially pastors' children should obey pastor. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. This is according to the Bible. Second, personal values. Consisting of negative values and positive values. And these qualifications are a must, necessary. Greek word day. It is necessary. You find that in chapter 1 verse 7 in the Greek text and 1 Timothy 3, 2. Day. It is necessary. It's not optional. It's necessary. They are necessary because of the elder's position as God's oikonomos, house steward, house manager. An elder is the manager, ruler of God's household, the large family, the church. Oikonomos come from oikos plus Nemo, house rule, rule the house. And so we read in Luke 12, 42 through 46, the Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise oikonomos manager, whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food, allowance, At proper time, it will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I'll tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. A manager, a pastor, is under Christ, appointed by Christ, and accountable to Christ, the master of the house. 
Hebrews 13 verse 17 says obey your leaders and submit to their authority they keep watch over you as men who must give an account obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a crushing burden for that would be of no advantage to you they must give an account to the chief shepherd chief pastor who is Jesus Christ himself His high office demands high standard of moral qualities. He cannot kill the sheep and eat them. Ezekiel 34. Instead, like his master, he must love the sheep by giving his life for them as an under-shepherd. So we want to deal with five negative qualities. If you have Greek text, all these five negative qualities begins with may, not, not, not. May autade. That's the first. Not self-willed. Autade comes from autos plus hedomai, meaning self-pleasing. Self-willed. Such a person says, I want to do what I want to do, how I want to do. Who are you to tell me what to do? He is philautos. He loves himself. 2 Timothy 3, 4. He does not love God or his neighbor. He is me philoteoi, not loving God. He loves himself. I have seen a lot of people who love himself stuck. He's always looking at his belly button. He never raises his head to heaven to worship God. He loves himself at the expense of everybody else. You look at a kid who loves himself. He wants mother and father and brother and sister and everybody else, even pastor, uh, to take care of him. And number two, may or gilon. Not quick-tempered, explosive, quarrelsome, not peaceable. Gets angry very easily. Proverbs 22-24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. Proverbs 29-22. An angry man stirs up dissension. And a hot-tempered one commits many sins. Number three. Not a drunkard. Paroinon, me paroinon. Not a drunkard, not an alcoholic, not a drug addict. Aaron's children, Nadab and Abihu, were drunkards, and God killed these ministers. Leviticus 10 8 through 11. Number four, me plectane, not a striker, not a bully. Not a violent man. Not one looking for a fight. Number five. May I scroker days. Meaning not using religion to make dirty money. Not a lover of money. So Titus chapter 1 verse 11 They must be silenced because these are false teachers. They are ruining whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach. And that for the sake of dishonest gain, dirty money. Filthy lucre, King James. Paul speaks about himself in 2 Corinthians 2, 17. Unlike so many of you do not peddle the word. Of God for profit. You do not dilute the word. Corrupt the word. To make a profit. 
And in Hebrews 13 verse 5 we read, keep yourselves free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Or First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And Jesus said, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? In other words, he should not use religion to make money. This is not speaking about pastor. He is paid for his work. He must have money to live. So this is not speaking about money, but filthy money. False ministers make dirty money by not preaching the apostolic doctrine, but by preaching what people want to hear. So they do not preach sin or repentance or faith in Jesus Christ and a holy life. They entertain you. And you come here, you'll be upset because I don't entertain you. I'll speak about sin. I'll speak about repentance. I'll speak about faith in Jesus Christ that you may be saved. Isn't that wonderful? Gospel, good news. These people are false prophets condemned by Christ. And now, six positive qualities required of an elder, a bishop, a pastor. First, philoxenon, positive quality. Meaning what? A lover of hospitality. Did you read about Publius, the chief official in Malta? Entertained 276 people, gave them food and everything else. A pastor must love poor people, travelers, mostly Christians. He must open his house for them. And so, Jesus himself said, whatever town or village you enter, Matthew 10, 11, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. Hospitality. See the examples of Lydia in Acts 16 verse 15. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Or in the same chapter, verse 34, the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. You read Philemon and verse 22. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. And Hebrews 13 verse 2, do not forget to entertain strangers for by so doing some people, Abraham, have entertained angels without knowing it. This is not just the requirement for pastors, for everybody. So we read First Peter 4, 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And number two positive quality is if it is good for pastor, it's good for you. Philagathon, lower of the good. A believer is a lover of all that is good. He loves God because he is the ultimate goodness. This God made us sinners good. By saving us. So we love God's people. Who are good. And seek their fellowship. We 
as God's people are characterized by not by self-love but a selfless attitude we love God's people as Christ loved and died for us unbelievers we are told in 2 Timothy 3 are afilagatoi not loving good they are also called afiloteoi not loving god and we also love god's word you see it's our delight god's word and god's commandments we don't endure god's commandments we love it because it tells us how then we should live in this present evil age we delight in god's commandments philippians 4 8 and 9 finally brothers whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things and love such things whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put into practice and the god of peace will be with you and number 3 positive character quality so frona meaning self control we are self controlled having especially a sound mind that's what sophrona means having a sound mind holy spirit filled believers have spirit controlled mind paul says in second timothy for god did not give us a spirit of timidity but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind the crazy legion demon man when jesus saved him he received a mind that understood reality from god's perspective those who do not believe in jesus christ have an undisciplined mind the fool said in his heart there is no god so we read first corinthians 2:15 and 16 hode pneumaticos anacrine panta but the spiritual man judges all things he has a sound mind hemes de nun christu ecomen but we have the mind of christ we used to have a depraved mind Romans 128 now we have the mind of Christ we are so frona spirit controlled mind thinks god's thoughts after him that's why we love the bible because it is the word of god unbeliever hates god's revelation the bible they hate it because it tells them that they are sinners number 4 positive character dikaion righteous a pastor must be righteous in his dealings with people he keeps his word even when it hurts 1 John 3:7 says dear children do not let anyone lead you astray he who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous Romans 14:17 the kingdom of god is what's a righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost number 5 hosion he is holy a pastor is holy He worships God with a pure heart God is holy so be holy God makes us holy without holiness no one shall see God blessed are the pure in spirit for they shall see God righteousness toward people holiness toward God number 6 he is to be encrate 
self-controlled. And I'll tell you what it means. En kratos, en plus kratos means having power in strength. Think about it, young man. You have strength. Believers are powerful to control our bodily appetites and passions. We have power to resist temptations. We have power to resist the devil. This power is the power of the Holy Spirit. So we read in Luke 4, 1 and 2, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. You want power of the Holy Spirit. You must be in strength to say no to ungodliness and yes to the will of God. This self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.23, that's the last fruit called self-control. You look at Joseph in Egypt, young man, and he was tempted by Potiphar's wife. And he said, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? And he was victorious. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, Daniel said, I resolved, he decided not to defile himself with the food and wine of the Babylonians. Because at that time it was against God's word. And they made a law for one month. Nobody is to pray to anybody else but you, King Darius. Isn't that wonderful? And Daniel said, no deal. He went and prayed three times as usual. They put him in lion's den, but an angel came and helped him. Three Hebrew children were told to worship the image. They said, no. Thrown into the fire and the son of God was with them. I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the ages. Jesus himself lived by the spirit and never sinned. Such a high priest meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. And Paul says, you should read 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27. Paul says, and everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control. Enkrate. So I beat my body and make it to obey me. Disciplined people. A pastor should be a disciplined person. The third point. Ministry values. And so we read in verse 9 of Titus chapter 1. And so verse 9 says, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message. Antekomenon, meaning he must continually hold on to the trustworthy word, the gospel. Hold on to the Bible. Study the Bible. Be filled with Bible. Be convicted of the Bible truths. When the culture is degenerating, the word of God endures forever. An elder, an overseer, a pastor, you could say father, must always hold fast present tense never let go fast to the trustworthy word of the gospel which is entrusted by Christ to his apostles and to his God called and commissioned ministers it's a trust 
We do not add to it. We do not subtract from it. Children, obey your parents. Boys, be submissive to your own husbands. Husbands, love your wife. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for. This is the constitution of a family. Because it is the constitution of Christ. And you have no choice if you are a Christian. But to render hearty obedience to it. Psalm 1 says we delight in the law of the Lord. And in his law, we meditate day and night. He must hold fast in spite of all oppositions of the devil. He must hold fast to the Bible and the apostolic doctrine. In spite of all oppositions of the devil, including that which brings about our own martyrdom anybody can believe in Christ and go to church where there is no problem people are being killed right now throughout the world because they are Christians hold fast Stephen did James did Peter did Paul did millions of people did They were burned at stake. They were sown asunder. They were boiled in oil for their faith in Jesus Christ. But don't let that go. The faithful word pastor preaches is kata didaken. That which conforms to the apostolic doctrine which we have in the New Testament you have no right to open your mouth and say what you want what you preach must conform to the New Testament that's why your pastor ought to be pious and learned so we read in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 they devoted themselves gave themselves over to the apostolic doctrine fellowship breaking of bread and to prayer the word is trustworthy because it is the apostolic doctrine but the apostle says God says that's what apostle means The word is trustworthy also because it is Christ's doctrine. 1 Timothy 6.3 If anyone teaches false doctrines and does not conform, agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, he is proud and past his translation, he is stupid. The word is trustworthy. It is unfailing. Unlike the teachings of false teachers. Self-called and self-appointed ministers who peddle the false gospel to make a lot of dirty money. It is trustworthy word. And I have heard people promising, making covenant in baptism, in marriage and joining the church only unilaterally violate it they are damned you don't speak to God and lie to him you don't get married and divorce these false ministers are spiritual pimps And you see them on television. Almost all televangelists. And you must have anger toward these people who will not preach the apostolic doctrine that we have in the Bible. 
The word is trustworthy because it is the word of God who is absurdes, who cannot lie. Let God be true and all men lies. So Jesus said in Matthew 24, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And Jesus told truth. Deny yourself if you want to follow me. Take up the cross and follow me to death. And St. Paul said to me. To live is Christ and to die is profitable. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. God's son destroyed death. By his death on the cross. Listen to what St. Paul said. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. He knows he is about to be beheaded because of Christ. And the time has come for my departure. Exodus means death. But it is departure from this world to the world to come. From this world to paradise. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have what's a kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do you long for his appearing? Or you are saying don't come. I have various plans. Revelation 2.11 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not hurt at all by the second day. And it says, Be faithful till death. And he will give you a crown of life. Notice, death, life. Any teaching... Not in agreement with the apostolic doctrine. Is the teaching of demons. And so we read in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. The spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith. The apostolic doctrine. And follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And this country is full of demon-possessed ministers who declare demonic teaching in the name of Jesus and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. No matter what I say, they are not affected or moved no sensitivity it is seared doctrine sir 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 all scripture is what God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped For every good work. That the man of God may be able to preach it. Teach it. Counsel by it. So if you don't have any money. I'll tell you. You violated the biblical law. Go and get a job. You must work six days. You prayed this morning. that Give us this day our daily bread. And God's answer is what? Go and get a job. And God will help you to find a job. 
So we read in 1 Timothy 1, 10 and 11, for adulterers and perverts, the law is for adulterers, perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which he entrusted to me. I have no authority to preach to you what I want. I must preach the apostolic doctrine. I read already 1 Timothy 6.3 If anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1.13 What you heard from me keep us the pattern of sound teaching with the faith and love in Christ Jesus. The pattern. But Second Timothy 2.8 Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Descended from David. This is my gospel. The person and work of Jesus Christ. That's it. Who is Jesus? And what did he do? Second Timothy 4.3 for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. We are living in that time. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. You switch the channel sir. Titus 2 verse 1, you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. Oh, look at the ecumenical movement. What did they say? Doctrine divides, love unites. There was one man who stood against it. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He opposed it. Because doctrine matters. It's not that you feel and you cry and you go to heaven. No, you must believe the right doctrine that you may be saved. There is a way clearly marked. The narrow way. The way of Jesus. And 2 John 9 and 10. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ. Does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. So if you are of a certain character and if you are filled with doctrine of the New Testament... Such a person is dunatos, mighty. The text says he is mighty. And you read Acts 18 verse 24 speaking about Apollos, mighty in the scriptures. That's what your pastor ought to be, mighty in the scriptures. That's what a father ought to be, a husband ought to be mighty in scriptures. So you teach and you preach and you counsel according to scriptures. Not loaded with money. I was reading Archbishop Chrysostom of the 4th century. He was the Archbishop of Constantinople. And he said, for the sake of money, fathers are not taking care of children, raising them in the apostolic doctrine. And it is still true. They are running after money. They think more money means salvation. No, sir. What you need is less money. And then you pray. You ask the Lord to help you. He spoke directly against the queen because she was covered with gold and all that he opposed that directly John Knox when he preached 
the queen trembled. These are mighty pastors, fearless, bold, confident, telling you what you should do. Such a pastor is dunatos. He is mighty to preach the gospel because the gospel itself is the power of God unto salvation. And we read he shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you and he shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem today and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth mighty by the spirit of God mighty in scriptures Apollos was mighty entice graphize in the scriptures Mighty to preach the word with great conviction. Boldness without fear of man. The devil or the world. Or the president. Doesn't matter. A true pastor is clothed with Holy Spirit. And filled with mighty word. So he uses the sword of the spirit to cut. And convict sinners and feed and encourage the saints. When he preaches, miracles happen, especially the miracle of regeneration. The pastor preaches expository preaching, he explains the scriptures. So we read Second Timothy. 4, 1 and 2, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this solemn charge. What is the solemn charge? Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. That's my job, sir. It is the word of God spoken by a minister of God for your salvation. And so we read in Acts 20 verse 32, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Politics will not do that. Philosophy will not do that. Science will not do that. Only the word of God will do that, sir. If the preacher does not preach the word, he is not a servant of Christ. He is a servant of the devil. And that church is a synagogue of Satan. It sends people to hell. Let me tell you, if you are born of God, Holy Spirit will direct your feet to go to that church where the gospel is preached. Some people go to church to find a husband for their daughters. They are not worried about the word of God. They have other agendas. Through the preaching of the word, we encourage the people of God. We feed the sheep with living bread of the word of God. We encourage God's people in the sphere of sound, healthy doctrine. We cannot move out of that sphere of sound, healthy doctrine. He uses five times the word sound doctrine. Chapter 1 verse 9, verse 13, chapter 2 verse 1 and 2 and 8. The word sound is a medical metaphor. It means hygienic, health giving, not sickness giving. Most churches are preaching a gospel that makes you sick. Hygienic doctrine. 
It's not entertaining you. It is designed to give you health. The gospel brings us health and healing. And Proverbs 3.8 says this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The word of God. Proverbs 4.20 through 22. My son pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to a man's whole body. Spiritual and physical health comes through the word of God. It is medicine, sir. First Peter 2.24 says, he, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds we are healed. Hallelujah. Not only a pastor by his ministry, comfort, encourage, preach and teach and counsel God's people it is also his solemn duty to expose and oppose all those who contradict the gospel we do that in this church there is no pluralism which means every religion is equally valid in this country you have the freedom to practice whatever you want you have the freedom to go to hell. But only Jesus Christ can save you. This is exclusivism, sir. The false prophets oppose truth. They lie daily as prophets of Baal. They in unison prophesied to the wicked Ahab to go and fight and come back victoriously. He came back dead. Like Micaiah, we must preach the word of God and speak against all lies. A lot of people preach truth, but they fail to speak against errors. I said he came back dead. Friends, devil is a liar and the father of all lies. All liars are children of the devil. And all lying pastors are children of the devil. And God said, the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. But you read Genesis 3, 4. The devil says, you will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman. So pastor's duty also is to oppose and expose errors by naming them and shaming them. Those who work for dirty money. Many churches today oppose the truth of the gospel and preach lies. There is a spiritual Ebola killing people who hate the word of the gospel. It did not begin in Africa. It began in the Western world. It is spreading through its universities and churches killing the people. So in conclusion, elder, overseer, pastor must have Family values. Fidelity in marriage. Number two, children believing in Jesus Christ and obedient. Two, not controlled by certain besetting sins. Three, must have positive character qualities. Four, must know and be convinced of the apostolic doctrine. Must preach and teach and counsel the word of God. And what sir? Oppose all lies. A pastor's calling is high, holy and heavenly. Therefore, 
he must possess these high character qualifications but don't worry if God called you he will equip you fully for the job and we read in 1st Thessalonians 5:24 the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it shall we pray heavenly father we pray that you help us to have these character qualities that we may live a holy life that we may shine as stars in the universe holding forth the word of life that we may evangelize and say to people be like me be like me lord pour out your spirit help this word to govern our life from this day forward in jesus name amen